Welcome to the Daniel Burke Show. I want to create a hundred episodes of podcast. The longest Snapchat I've ever felt. One a day. Coming on. No real purpose. Coming on. No real topics to cover. Coming on. Just me talking. Coming on. Coming on. Three, two, one. What is going on, guys? It is a brand new month. Can you believe that? The 1st of March, 2017. We're already, what is this, day 29. I can't believe it. 29 days into this podcast. You've got 71 more episodes left. Yeah, we are that deep into it. We are that deep into it. Oh, and by the way, I've got a special guest on today. We've got another of them, my boy Joey, who's back from whatever episode we did last time. I think it was 18. Day 18? Oh, it's, it's going so fast. It's going so fast. Um, but my boy Joey Jury is back. Glad to be back. Glad to have you here. We've just, uh, we've just been doing a workout in my backyard. Why do we even have gym memberships anymore, Joey? Um, I don't know. Probably because they, they do offer, I mean, classes and some extra equipment that is rather expensive. But in the grand scheme of things, we have a bar, we have a broomstick, we have a mat, we have like, parallel bars. And rings. And rings. And we really Gymnastic rings. You don't need anything else. You need a body. We've got the whole setup. Yeah, that's it. If yeah, if you got a door, you got a gym, but if you got a body, you got a workout. Mm. Takes energy to live. And it does. So yeah, we were just working out with one of our mates, Davo, who was gonna be on this episode but he had to bail. Davo, shove it up your ass. Nah I'm kidding. We'll see you on a future episode. Love you, bro. Um and so yeah, we went through. What do we do? I just did a whole bunch of pull-ups. Yeah, I did a hundred pull-ups. I got to about fifty because um, we were intermittently chopping and changing. But I think the biggest part of our workout now was teaching Dave about mobility because he realised how inflexible he really was. And given, I think we spoke about mobility. Actually, yeah, I think we did because last time we did this podcast and I was on it, we'd just done Bikram yoga. So mobility was a That's big part it. of our topic. And. We've slowly been teaching Dave and telling him about it and how most of our training has incorporated mobility as nearly almost 50% of what we do. 100%. And, yeah, how much benefit we've got out of it because we aren't... We're not so jacked up all the time, so we don't have to put out double the amount of work to get the same amount of results. Yeah, so. exactly. I think, of, I think of the body as like an accordion. When you're lifting weights and doing like bench press and squat you're effectively squashing the accordion because all those exercises take compression of the muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you do things like stretching out, focusing on releasing the tension in your muscles, that's stretching the accordion. And if you're going to have a good accordion player, they don't hold it compressed the whole time. They move it in and out. And mm. that's the same thing. That's so just my analogy music. with the body. Huh? That's how you make music. Yeah, that's how you make music. Keep it moving. Keep the body moving. Mm-hmm. And so... Where were we last episode? Um, I think we were finishing off. I think we got to the topic of the study of happiness. And that was a, that was a door that was about to be thrown open and continued the podcast to be far longer than it was. But um, I'm glad we, we had to stop it because otherwise this probably could have gone on for a good couple of hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, the study of happiness was the topic we brought up. And um, things that facilitate that and being happy. What are your thoughts? Um, look, my thoughts, I would say recently, about a month ago actually, no, just over a month ago, when I was down in Sydney, I was, I was questioned by um, my now girlfriend. She asked me what my ambitions and goals in life were. And I've had that question posed to me before, 
and I've always given usually the same answer. And when I was very, first ever asked that, obviously my mind went to what job prospects are you, are you aiming for? Like what, what are your financial goals in life and, and things like that. And over the past couple of years, and definitely over the past maybe one year, all my views have kind of changed. But the general idea has kind of been the same. And my biggest goal and ambition is life is in life is just to be happy. And I told her That's that. That's awesome. I told her that. I gave her that answer. And she's the first person that I've ever given that answer to that turned and looked at me and said that's the best answer she could have gotten. Whereas a lot of other people look at me and they wonder why I say that. And it's just like, well, happiness isn't going to make you money. Happiness isn't going to put you where you want in life. I'm like, well, yes, it is. Because you want to, I want to do the things that just facilitate me being happy. And yeah. that the financial security, everything else can come second. Because if I'm not happy, but I'm making lots of money, then I'm not living a very fulfilling life. Yeah. So. Health, happiness, two H's, exactly. major key. Exactly. I totally agree. I like that answer too. I, I think I've said something similar. Mm. Like I jokingly say to people that I retired last week because now I don't have a job. Uh, well, I don't work for anyone except for myself. Mm. So I get up every day and I choose what I want to do that day. And so that's bring, brung me immense happiness. Mm. Like I loved working where I was. I was Apple. Apple, it was an amazing job. But now... Every day I get up and it's something new. I get to create this podcast episode every day. Like, we, we, how did we plan for this, Joey? Um, we didn't. We yeah. literally got a notepad out. We've got Tools of Titans sitting on the desk in front of us. Good um, book, by the way. Tools of Titans, Tim Ferriss. Check it out. Excellent book. Very thought-provoking. Um, I try to read uh, a little snippet every morning when I get up. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at it, more consistent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's highly recommended. Very motivational. But yeah, I find, I think I'm lucky in the sense, or we're probably you'll probably agree with this, we're, we're both lucky in the sense that we've found things that give us happiness early in life. Yes, definitely. Very early in life. I mean, it has taken, what, 20-ish years to get to find these things, but... It's What's something that makes you happy? Um, fitness. Yeah? Definitely. Just fitness. working out just before, yeah. I was in... That's like the the pinnacle of places for me to be almost. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything better like than that. Oh, Even better than feed afterwards. like <laughs> food, food, sex, like that's that's all up there. But just working out with friends or having having a meal with friends, mm. that's up there. Oh, definitely. Top three. And I mean really like what is the, the best thing you can share in friendship is food. I mean as soon as you going back to eating caveman times, like you, Everyone sits down, has a meal around the fire. Exactly. You, you share your food with someone. Instantly, you've created a bond. Yeah. Because Why do we like fire so much? Because you'd sit down for millions of years or thousands of years, 70,000 years, sorry, was when human beings came into life, existence, homo sapiens, that is. We'd sit around a fire. People warm, would, kept it yeah. warm. People would go hunting. Goes light. How sad it, yeah, light, warmth, food, life. Not life. just, yeah, it's life. The sun gives us life in one way, and that's that's a source of heat and energy. Yeah. And then we recreated our own versions of mini suns through the fire. Mm. Far out. When's the last time you lit a fire? Oh, it would have not to... not in an arson type way. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going on arson, um, definitely last winter, probably coming out. I'd say mid July last year. Actually, yeah. When, when a couple of months after I met Jake, because he's got that. Our friend Jake has a giant fire pit. It's just actually a big old raw iron coal 
Really? Yeah, and it's it's a cauldron. Yeah, it's a cauldron, and I'm not kidding. It like is, out in the open, or yeah, and really, you've, you've probably seen it in the backyard. It's that big wooden oh with the wooden table on top of it. So okay, and that big metal. Dish. So it's like a a big bat like. Like not a not a, I'm trying to I'm thinking of the wrong word. I was going to say barrel. Literally a cauldron. You could definitely put it as a movie prop with the witches staring things in it. Really? But yeah, you just literally pull the table off, pull the tabletop off of it, and, and get a fire a, going. Yeah, just bang in some old wood and light it up, and it is the best thing in winter. I'm not going to lie, it is so comfy, and I'm pretty sure I melted a pair of thongs by touching it once because I was sitting that close to it, just kind of stroking the edge of it with my thong. Not Far realizing. out, I didn't know this. I'm looking forward to winter now. Yes. Even though Very summer cool. is my favourite by far. Oh, that's that's a polar opposite for me. I love really? I love You're a winter? I'm, I'm very much a cold person. Oh, I'm a very much heat person. Mm. I, I, like, love, I do love warmth, but... I thrive in the heat. I like cold summer. I do like winter. Uh, who, don't get wrong, I love every time. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> 400 trillion to one. Just keep reminding myself every day. <laughs> you know what I've been doing lately? Mm-hmm. Every night I finish brushing my teeth. Walk out in the backyard, stand out, piss, urinate on the on the grass, and look up at the stars at the same time, and just contemplate. How relaxing would that be? Yeah, literally, it's like a ritual now. I sort of finish brushing my teeth, go out to the backyard, urinate on the grass because it's like a it's like a habit. It's like a trigger for me. Like brushing my teeth. Whenever I brush my teeth, I always urinate afterwards, straight afterwards. Yeah, it's like you know when you wake up and you go to the toilet straight away. For me. Brushing my teeth is like a trigger. Mm. It's like a habit. It just happens. Even if I'm like about to go to bed, it's just straight to the toilet. But um, no, look up in the stars, contemplate what's out there, remind myself that I'm going to die one day, and it's just like every single problem that I had that day just disappears. Mm-hmm. And I find I, I like go to sleep instantly because it's just that's me resetting myself for the end of the day. Who, who was it that gave those two pieces of advice? It was Gary. Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk. That yeah. that when he <clears throat> three best pieces of advice you've ever given. Three words. Three words. Yeah. yeah. Three words. So. The chick pulls up. It's an awesome YouTube video. If you look up Gary V, uh, three words of advice. There's a lady walking along the street in New York, and he pulls up, and she comes over to the window, and she knows that he's famous, and goes, "Gary V, oh my god!" She's like filming a selfie with him, and then it's like three three best words of advice. And he yeah. just responds straight away, like in a heartbeat, he's like, you're going to die. Powerful ten, stuff. 10 out of 10. To the right people, that is a powerful statement. To the wrong people, that is a very hey, depressing... To me, it can, yeah, it can be seen in two, diff, two, two lights. It's all about perspective, right? Hmm. So you look at it in a bad way, it's like, oh, I'm going to die, and it sucks. You look at it in a good way, and it's like, well, one day I'm going to die, so just murders will make the most of the time that I'm here. Well, it's funny you mentioned perspective, and I'm probably I'm going to bring up a, a topic that I... Had today. I'm not going to mention my workplace, but yesterday I got sent home from work um, early. I was given a letter, and I opened the letter, and it was a notice of allegations of misconduct that happened the day prior. Now, the day prior, I'd gone home. You're a naughty boy. I was a naughty boy. <laughs> the day prior, I'd gone home um, about three hours early or so because I was feeling unwell, and I just I just hadn't punched out that day. Didn't punch out my time, and. Uh, Obviously feeling unwell, being in the wrong headspace, I just left, I wanted to get home. And I came in the next day feeling better. I was running a little bit behind myself, um, about four minutes I think I punched in late. And when I was in there, I usually work seven till one, I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. And someone had asked me what time I was working. And I said seven till one. 
So I had one o'clock in my head, which was 13. So wait, this is on Monday yeah, when you were leaving and someone asked me no, to No, no, this you. was Tuesday morning when I realised that, yeah, that I hadn't punched out on the Monday. So I was filling in the time manually. And I had seven till one in my head as I was writing, so I just wrote 1300. As that was in my okay, so you it's you left early on Monday because you were sick, mm-hmm. and then you went in on Tuesday and you forgot to write in the time that you left on Monday. Yeah. So and then, so Tuesday, someone asked you, "What time are you working today, Joe?" Yeah. And you're like seven till in, one. Yeah. As I was punching in. And yeah. so you just had in your brain, oh, one p.m. I'll write in one p.m. for Monday, even yeah. though you left early. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then, so you had it in your mind. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So just a bit of a brain fart, and I wasn't thinking about it. I put my time card back and went about my day working as usual. And then about an hour and a half into my shift, my manager came up to me, um, pulled me aside, handed me a letter, um, and sent me home. Wait, wait, wait. What was his body language like when he did that? Well, this is a big one. I, I did mention it. I've Yeah, because I heard big, this before. Yeah, I'm pretty big for body language, and I always tend to pick up on certain things, and I make, I make a point of um, taking notice of my own body language towards people. And as soon as he handed me the letter, both his hands went in his pockets. Now, to me... pretty closed off. Yeah, to me, that says um, I'm either guilty of doing something, I'm embarrassed, or I'm hiding something from you. So, straight away, without even... A lot of people will not confront these kind of things. Straight away, whilst reading my letter, I noticed that. And not even looking up, I said to him, look, both your hands just went in your pockets. I feel like there's something more to this you're not telling me. Yeah. And instantly, Tans came out. He's like, oh, no, 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 not at all. So you pulled him up on it, yeah, and yeah, what was his reaction like? Like, just it was very, very bit, didn't expect you to yeah, pull him up. Not at all expecting. Yeah. A bit startled, and yeah, I guarantee you, probably ninety-five percent of the population, if not more, would never. Were you looking at him when you did that, or were you looking at the letter? Um, I was looking down at the letter, and then as soon as I finished talking, I looked up at him. Yeah. So. And what I mean, was your I, tone of voice like? Like just how you said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just just stern. Yeah. Firm. Very firm. Late night DJ voice. <laughs> Late night DJ. Very firm, but yeah, it wasn't anything more than that. So I read the letter and it was a notice of allegations of misconduct. I had a meeting the next day, which was today, at 11am, and they suspended me without pay. They didn't tell me what I did wrong. They didn't tell me, they wouldn't give me any hints towards it. Which Quite I a really scary good. scenario. It like, because, yeah, you, you're not like, it's not like the that job's your world, but it's still like, the to th- be in that scenario. Your job. Yeah. They, they did threaten me with um, potential disciplinary action up to and including termination of employment. And to have that... Wait, was that in the letter? That was in the letter. And you have no idea what you've done they, at this point? No, no idea. They wouldn't tell me. They didn't give me any hints. Um, I didn't know. So they just said, go home and then come pretty, and yeah, see us tomorrow Pretty much the, the threat of me losing my job hanging over my head. Now, this comes back to perspective. I wasn't worried at all because I was firm in the belief that I hadn't done anything wrong. I mean, I was there for half a day. What could I have possibly done? Yeah. Anyway, I I wasn't worried. Like I said, I was more anxious than anything because they weren't telling me what I did wrong. So immediately, I'm on the back foot. I had nothing to defend myself with, other than me going in there with a, a pen and a piece of paper to take down any notes of what was said. Um, so this morning, they said you could have brought someone in, right? They did. Uh, I'm allowed. I would have definitely come in. We would have <laughs> recorded the podcast there. Next time, next time you get in trouble. Let's just go record an episode of it. Yeah, straight in the room. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, yeah, so but if you want it, we can. I had, I had a support <laughs> person in there with me, and even, like, all the people at work know me very well. They, um, they know my personality. They know what kind of person I am. And they went in there, and it was a big formality over nothing. It was, like I mentioned earlier, in, in the time. What'd you wear? I just bugged it up. Um, I went in there. 
formally dressed in business attire. I had a button-up shirt on, sleeves rolled down. Looking nice, slick. Looking very slick. A nice watch on, had my sunnies out, um, slacks on, dress shoes, pretty much office attire. So I wasn't about to go in there in my work uniform or casual wear because I wanted to obviously project a, a confident demeanour. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously I had nothing to worry about. Yeah. And... Yeah, it just turned out to be a big formality over nothing, a happy misunderstanding. And wait, what'd they say? They said you wrote down the wrong time. Yeah, so when, when I walked in there, um, my manager, my operations manager for the whole company, literally said to me straight up, she's like, do you know why you're in here? And I looked at her and I said, no, I have no idea. You've not told me anything. I don't know why I'm in the room. And she slid my time card over to me. And I looked down at the time card and saw that it was, had 1300 on it. And I... I was writing down notes at this point, and as soon as I saw the time, I put my pen down, closed the book, and just laughed. I laughed at it, and I said, yep, I know where I fucked up. Yeah, you and just admitted you're wrong straight away. Yeah, I just yeah. admitted my fault straight away, and it was a simple fault to make. I'm like, I'm writing down numbers all day, every day, and the amount of bugger-ups I have and scribbles on pieces of paper. It's human beings. Yeah. We're going to write, yeah. I have, just writing down notes for this last few shows, scribbled out, like, hundreds of things. Exactly. Yeah. human error it happened yeah. and I had left about 10.30 on the day that I did leave and because it was obviously 10.30 1300 when I got asked about what time I was working 7 till 1 I wrote down 1300 instead of 10.30 so it was simply a switch up of two numbers yeah it should have been 1030 yeah. rather than the simplest cock up 1300 exactly the simplest cock up in the world and so what happened then and you said yeah, it, that was pretty much it. They asked me if I had anything else to add, and I just said, no, I've got nothing else to add. That, that's what happened, and that's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, anyway, won't um, happen again. The HR <laughs> Hopefully. Lady, yeah. Well, I said, if it does, she's like, if it does happen again, obviously disciplinary action will have to happen. I'm like, well, if it does happen again, that means it obviously wasn't unintentional. You know, I'm doing it on purpose. So um, I wasn't worried. The HR lady who was in there typing out as the, like what we were saying and as the script, she printed it out brought it back into the room and there was a large chunk of what I said that was missing out of it. So I sat, really? yeah, I sat there in front of her, scribbled out what she wrote, rewrote what I did say in there and gave it back to her. She retyped it, reprinted it and then I signed it. But it doesn't matter really too much because they've got it on a file but what none of them in the room realised is I have a whole voice memo recording of the entire interview or the entire meeting. You recorded it all on your phone? Yep. Yeah. And not one of them knew about it but me. So, as long as someone in the room knew about it, it's completely legal, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, like I said, I wasn't worried. I was more anxious than anything. I told them that. I'm like, it's it's a little bit overbearing to put that on someone, um, especially if you, you told them it, this. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd done it to someone, especially not They literally could have come and gone, Joe, it seems that you've put the wrong number on this time card. Did you, is this correct or did you leave it earlier on Monday? You're mm. like, oh. I left earlier on Monday. My bad. Scribbled out. Exactly. It could have been resolved very easily. Within That's a 10-second conversation. But again, <laughs> coming back to the, the topic of perspective on life, um, I, I could have reacted a lot more negatively. Than you could have. I'm proud of you for how you, did, how you yeah. went about it. And because I wasn't worried, I think that was the biggest reason I, did, I didn't react poorly. And plus, I mean, if I went in there worried, looking nervous, it was just going to look like I was guilty for something I didn't do. Anyway. Yeah. Except so. what you can't control, hey, Joey? Exactly. Yeah. You can't so. control how other people react. And my perspective on it when I went home, like I called a few of my friends and let them know, and they were all just like, "What the fuck?" Like they were all like uppity about it, and I pretty much straight up said, "I'm like, look, it really comes down to what I've thought about it. I'm not happy at the job. I'm comfortable, 
And I contemplated it a lot that night, and then I came to the conclusion that I was very uncomfortable with being comfortable where I was. That's hey, man, that was me. That was me leaving Apple. Mm-hmm. I was, I loved it, but at the same time, I wanted to to listen to my authentic voice and start doing things like we're doing right now, conversations. And I mean, sure, I would have had the time to do it while working at Apple, but then I've got other things to focus on at the same time. Loved it there. I'd recommend anyone work there if they're looking for a job. But for me, I was getting too comfortable and I just had to move on, move on to something different. That's fair enough. And that's exactly where I was. I'm, I'm far too com- I'm uncomfortable with being comfortable there. So I was looking at it from the perspective of, well, I do lose my job over this. Yeah, it'll suck to have my employment terminated and that being on my resume, not being able to have a reference, all of that jazz. But at the same time, I was looking at it that this is the universe forcefully pushing me away from something that I'm not happy with. Yeah, but maybe that's a message, man. Maybe that's like showing you today. It's like, hey, they're going to treat you like this. Maybe it's time to move on in the future some point. And that's exactly where I'm at. I mean, it has left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth over it, over something so small. And the well, that's no man. The small things are big things. Exactly. They add up. But I mean, they add up. now like I, I've had to show show up to work dressed in formal attire. I've had other people, co-workers, see me there not dressed in normal uniform. Obviously, word's going to go around. Why was Joe dressed like this? What was going on? Word's going to go around. Um, I'm not allowed to talk about it. So even that, when people are going to ask me, my first response has to be, I'm not allowed to talk about it. That in itself is going to bring up some. Even then, you could you don't even have to say that. I think it would be you could just say I made a mistake, it won't happen again. That's literally where it's at. Well, again, even that's going to raise some eyebrows. Like, what was the mistake? Yeah. So people are going to. Question you could never. Right yeah, you can never. I don't know. Small things are big things, man. Mm. Small things are big things. But like I said, it's all about perspective, and so my perspective on the whole situation, no matter how bad it was looking. I tried to twist it to a very positive perspective, like, if I am forced to move on from here, that's going to throw me into something even better. That's, yeah, or not even, like, I don't, I don't like the whole dear old, old concept of, like, moving on to things bigger and better. Mm. I like the concept Growing. of, sorry? Growing. Growing as well, but, like, not, not even, just something different. Like, not, not, I don't want to put the, because the, you, when you say bigger, when people say, like, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. To me, it's saying, well, what you were just doing wasn't worth the time. When really, everything leading up to now has made you who you are. Exactly. Right? So it's like no point ignoring what's happened in the past and saying, oh, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I like to think it's just taking a new direction. Instead of turning left all the time at the crossroads in your life, you're going to turn right this time. I think you're 100% right on that. And that yeah. I can bring that point back to even things like my, my taste palette changing over the past couple of years. Like, I never used to be open to trying new foods, other cultures, food, things yeah. like that. And now food being such a big part Even of salads life. and vegetables. Exactly. I remember you. I remember the moment where you started to buy more fresh vegetables. No, it was amazing, wasn't it? I never yeah. used to eat vegetables. I, was, I would avoid them, salads, everything. I used to pick tomato off of my burgers. What would a normal meal look like for you before vegetables? Like, um, just say a standard bodybuilder-type meal. Meat and potatoes. And yeah. some sort of fats in there, not even avocados. I mean, I st- I'm still, yeah, nuts. Nut yeah, runner. so it'd be like chicken, potato. The most boring. And then no no colours really, just bland colours. Yeah. you got the orange of the sweet potato. But that's hardly anything. Or the white of the, so you really, you could have three whites on the plate if you had chicken, potato and, and cashews. Pretty much. Your plate is just white and a white plate. 
And now you've got all the colours. The most boring. And now there's, there's so much flavour. There's, there's everything there. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that there is no such thing as a bad meal. There's just different meals that my palate isn't accustomed to. 100%. So I'm open to trying new things. And again, perspective. my perspective on food has changed. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the way you look at life. Nothing, I don't believe that, well, there are bad things out there. Murdering, raping, that's probably pretty bad. But Hurting other people. Yeah, hurting others. I, I, yeah, bad. almost anything that's not hurting others is is can be looked at in a good light. Just it's actually just... actually everything I, I believe instead of if you're not if something isn't hurting people or any other life for that fact, it's just different. Yeah, it can be looked in at a good perspective. Not yeah. necessarily better or worse, just different. Yeah, exactly. Sort of. So yeah, that's the that's the Buddha's teaching. It's like remove positive. And negative from your life. Kind of fast, but positive. Yeah, well then, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's enlightenment apparently. It's once you just remove all negative and positive desires and then that's enlightenment. But it's like, what's left after that? Oh, God. Like, if you had, like, I was listening to this. What was I listening to? Oh, Alan Watts. Have you ever heard of him? I've heard the name. He's a phenomenal philosopher. I was listening to one of his talks the other day. He's got a great book called You're It, and I was listening to it on Audible. And it was like, you have one question to ask God. What's your one question? Or God, if you don't believe in God, you've got one question to ask some spiritual deity that controls all. Because even if you don't believe in God, surely you must realize there's, there's something out there that connects everything. There's energy, there's, yeah, even if you don't believe in God as per se, like a person or whatever, I don't even know what God is. For me, God is like the connection of human beings, like that's, or the universe itself, like that's God, right? And so his, his question was, if you had one question to ask, what would you ask? And then it comes back to, it's like, well, if you were Buddha, you would ask, once we remove positive and negative, what's left? And it's like, how can you answer that question? And well, how can we even understand that question? And then the other, he's like, but if you're a logical person, you would say to God, what question should I ask you? And then God will respond, why are you asking me a question? Well, I've already lost my question there. I've just spent my one question. Yeah, and it's like... Can I have more questions, God? <laughs> yeah, it's like, God will respond to you, why are you asking questions? And it's like so many people, this is what they're searching for. They're searching for this thing that really it's, like, the more you look for it, the further it gets away. You realise it's already here. You're it. Yeah. You're it. You're what you're looking for. <laughs> that's, that, was the, that was, I don't know, I'm butchering this whole talk, but essentially that's, that's the title of the book and that's the point he was getting to. He's like, everyone's trying to answer these questions and at the end of the day, it comes back to you. You're it. You're the question you're trying to answer. You're the best version of yourself on this planet, on this universe, as far as we know. So it's like, Everything you are searching for, the happiness and whatnot, you're already it. It's all internal. Yeah. People need to stop searching externally. I mean, what yeah. was that quote? It's, life's not about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Create yourself. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to do more of. Be creative, not consuming. Find so much more joy out of being creative. Like, how, how much joy did we get from building that pull-up bar? Oh, and then even thinking about building, building it with our, it with our own hands. Yeah. We were so proud of that thing. And it took us, what, all day? Yeah, like, literally all day. Something so simple that we didn't realise we... Hey, we, we worked it out on the fly. Yeah, we did. We did pretty well, I'd say, um, for a, a day job. Expensive day job. 
Yeah, let's get on some parallel bars. Let's build them next. Definitely. Might have to wait a little bit for the run builder side to come online. You know, well, so I don't have a job, but we'll work it out. We'll make it work. We'll Narang bar timbers, bars, mate. Timbers. They weren't that expensive. Well, 50 bucks for the both poles? We'll just dig the hole ourselves because that was the biggest expenditure. No, if anyone wants to find out what, what I'm talking about, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash, or just search my name, Daniel Burke Pull-Up Bar on YouTube, and you'll get a whole 20-minute video of how Joey and I built a pull-up bar in our backyard. Mm-hmm. My backyard. Well, your backyard as well. You might as well call it that. I like to share things. Burke's backyard. Burke's backyard. <laughs> anyway, you were saying uh, you were listening to a talk by Steve Jobs the other day? I was. What was, was Jobsy um, saying? More of an interview. It wasn't, it wasn't that long, but... He's, he was, a, he's a phenomenal man. Yeah, he was a phenomenal man. Is a phenomenal man, I should say. He um, will never cease to be. But it was kind of like a, an interview, and he said in it, I've never met anyone who didn't want to help me when I asked for it. And then he went on That's to talk, talk about when he was 12 years old, he called up the CEO of this company, I can't remember what the company was for, but he, he, he was trying to build something. And he asked the CEO of his company if he had any spare parts. He was 12 years old. He's like, I'm Steve Jobs. I'm looking for spare parts. And the CEO had a chuckle on the phone and then literally mailed him the spare parts for free and then offered him a job on the production line of his company for that summer. That's it. And that was all out of him simply asking if he had anything to spare. Now, that's brought me to the conclusion, especially after, given recent events at my current job, of... uh, well, having to go through all these formalities over something so small that I could have just been pulled aside for it. How can you find a job elsewhere? Exactly. And like um, Daniel's just mentioned, the whole recommendation of working at Apple. Working at Apple has always been something that I'd really love to have done. And it's, it's brought me to the conclusion that taking bigger steps that no one else does, especially like going through the formal interview process of, I'll apply for this job, I'll wait for a response, I hope I get recruited, I hope I have the interview. And I've, I've come to the idea that I, I think I just want to skip ahead from all that and go straight to the head manager of the Sydney office, call up Sydney, see if I can get just a lunch with him, schedule a lunch, and literally just sit down and talk to the man or woman, whoever it is I do not know yet. And just ask. Literally, you never know until you ask. ask. Because it's true. I've very few times in life have I, if ever, have I asked for help and someone has not given it. Yeah, and people are nice. Yeah, and I, at their at their core, it, that was um, Benjamin Franklin's trick. He mm-hmm. had some guy that didn't like him, and to make him offer, like ask to borrow a book or something. Yeah, ask yeah. to borrow a book off off one of his enemies. I don't know. I'm I'm butchering this as well. But the moral of the story is okay. he asked for a favor from from this person who he wasn't the best of acquaintances with, and they turned out to be. Lifelong friends, yeah. yeah. Lifelong friends, just from asking for a favour. And that comes back to um, psychology. I have read that, and one of the best ways to get people to like you is to simply ask people to do small favours for you. Yeah. And that slowly programs their brain thinking they enjoy doing it for you, and then they do enjoy doing it for you, and then they're happy to constantly help. And then you just have to express gratitude. And that's, I think that's in um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Gratitude. Gratitude is one of the greatest things you could express yeah, and I mean that's that's something I've been practicing more and more every day. And Just being I thankful, note, yeah. I make a note of it. Like today in my my meeting that I had, my support person, I um I turned as they left the room, and I said straight up to him, like, look, blah blah blah. 
um, I'm really grateful for you coming in and sitting with me and actually being here with me. And he turned to me and shook my hand and he was like, mate, don't ever worry about it. Like, I'm more than happy to sit in here. I'm more than happy to back you up. And it was simply from me just thanking him. Yeah. And that was it. That's it, yeah. Just be thankful. It's amazing. Now, I've got an idea. So, the, what? the idea of calling up Sydney offices is going to happen. You're gonna yeah, have to do that you'd like, I like that. But I want to add another, another deeper parrot, like a deeper... Lots of words. Anyway, yeah, to this is, you'll love my last episode, actually. It was on how to nail your next job interview. Really? So once you do land an interview, here's how to nail it. What do you mean interview? Just a lunch? Yeah. Just no, a lunch or in, like... Informal but, lunch. But here's the thing. If you're looking at the, a big company, right, people in those higher positions won't have much time. So to organise a lunch may be a difficult task. So what I would try and do is maybe it'd be like Sydney or whoever or Brisbane or wherever, another another store if you want to get a job there. Find them in person because they'll be, they'll be on, the, on the floor or call them or if you can. If you can get someone on the phone, great. If you can meet them in person, better because it shows that you've made an effort to actually get there. Find how you can generate value before you even get set in the, a foot in the door. So how do you do that? You could have, a, say you had a conversation with, with Sally. Sally's the manager of, of this store you want to work at. Hi, Sally. I'm Joe. Uh, just wanting to know a few things. Of, I'm interested in eventually getting a job here one day. What are some problems you have to deal with right now? And maybe you could just end at that. What are some problems? What are the biggest, one of the, one of the biggest issues you're facing right now in your store? It's like Sally's like, oh, we find it hard to, to do X. And Joe's like, oh, okay. You find it hard to do X. So then Joe goes away for a week or so or whatever, works out a plan on how to solve X. Now, what's the point here? So before you've even asked them for anything in return, you've gone away and shown that you've put in the effort. Even if your solution, they've gone over it a thousand times. If they're a big company, who knows? They might have done it, right? But it shows that you've put in work before you've even asked them for anything. And I believe that would reign true for wherever you go to. So if someone, if I, if I say to someone, man, I'm having a hard time with this math problem, and they go out and give me a step-by-step tutorial on how to solve this math problem, I'm going to be like, wow, they've, they've given me value in this lo- in, for this sort of thing. I'm sort of, even though I might not have to, I'm, but I'm a human being, so I'm obliged to give them value in return, right? I feel that. Yeah, exactly. So... That's what I'm all about. Like, if I was wanting to get someone to do something for me, I would, small favours would be one thing, but also, how can I generate value in their life before they give me value back? Exactly. So that's the... the, the, really the yeah. The, Gary Vaynerchuk also talks about this. It's called, he calls it jab, 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 right hook, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have listeners of this podcast, let's use this podcast as an example, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm giving out information for free, right? for the next 100 episodes and then after 100 episode 101 I put a paid advertisement at the start of the of the podcast right so I've given out 100 episodes of all this free conversation free episodes but all of a sudden I put a 15 second ad ultra premium huh ultra premium yeah exactly right so that's called jab 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 right hook so give 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 then ask rather than rather than ask at the start Give, 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 then ask. Because then you've sort of, you've built everyone's trust. That's what people are 
That's what people want, right? And, and that's the whole idea of making a relationship is about trust, right? So trust is this thing. It's not, it's not I walk into somewhere tomorrow and I meet someone. What's their trust level going to be of me if they've never met me before, right? But if I go into somewhere more than once or if I've called up and built a relationship with someone, all of a sudden their trust level is going through the roof. So when I left Apple, I left on good terms and I didn't like blow everything that I've spent three and a half year, years building out of the water. I've had two people say, if I ever want to come back, just let us know, right? So the idea is give, 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 then ask. So I believe like that can be like put into use in your scenario or any scenario. Like, if you want to think about like if how many times has it worked when you've literally just met a girl and said you want to go out for dinner? Never. Yeah. If you go straight up and that's the first thing you say, it's going to be a bit weird, right? Yeah. That's true. a 17-year-old boy type maneuver. Oh, true. Right? It may work, maybe 2%, but if you're being nice, saying hello building a relationship and then all of a sudden, hey, let's go out for dinner sometime. You've got more of a chance than, than asking it from the start. You just built rapport straight up. Yeah, you built the relationship. Built the trust. Give, 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 then ask. That's actually, um, I think, one of the chapters in Tools of Titans, Ultra Premium, I mentioned before. Oh, really? I can't remember what chapter exactly. Ultra Premium. Yeah, but it was, um, a, oh, I can't remember, an entrepreneur. And he has nearly, I mean, 99% of his everything Ramate Sati. Yes. Ramit Sadie. Um, I know who you're talking about. online for free. Yeah. Absolutely everything for free. And then he, because he gives everything for free, even though there's there's other bloggers, there's other entrepreneurs, there's other companies out there that provide yeah. the exact same information at a fee, because he's given it for free, when he comes in and does like a seminar or a talk He sells online like courses. Yeah. Or yeah. that. He, he can charge through the ass for it. Yeah. Because... He's given the time and he's given that ultra premium experience. He'll, he might have a, a lecture where he only has 200 seats available, but he will charge $5,000 a seat Yeah, because people know his information. I've, I've almost signed up to a few of his courses. Mm. And then it, he even goes a step further. If you have credit card debt, he won't let you sign up. Yeah, so he's like, these courses, he's like, if, if I find that you have credit card debt after you sign up to these courses, I'll give you a refund and then you won't be able to sign up to any more. How about that? Yeah, because that's he's like I want like he's like I want a specific number of people like he's like I want a specific type of person to join these courses, not just anyone. He's like I've got ninety nine percent of the stuff on my website for free, for a reason. Mm-hmm. He's because you can use all that. I don't care. He's like I want you to use it all. I've made it all for a reason. But if you want to do these courses and pay money, then I hope what I've given you for for free has has brought you there. Yeah. So, ultra yeah, premium. Ultra premium. And people will pay for that experience. Despite other companies and other people and other services offering it at a cheaper rate, yeah. they'll want to go to him because yeah. they haven't had to pay up to that point. It's all about building the relationship, mm. the trust. They, they want to find What's out the more. story? They want that more, that extra bit of information. What sets you aside from the other people? Exactly. Yeah. So that's why you can... Because everyone can sign up and ask for a like apply for a job online but how many people are going to the person asking them what your problem is and saying can I give back in any way that's exactly what I want to do and I'm I'm very dead set on next time I'm down in Sydney um, yeah going to the Apple store in fact I probably will go to the let's Apple talk store. about it when you do it mm, yeah definitely and I'll probably come back well I'm going down there in Easter and you can treat it as 
But I think that's too how can I learn from this? Exactly. Yeah. How can I learn from this, right? So even if you even if you you try you do something for it and it nothing comes of it, you've learned from that experience. That's what we were talking about before. Perspective. Exactly. Perspective is everything. Like, oh, I didn't get the job. Am I gonna mope about it? Am I gonna sit here and be like, oh shit, and like kick myself and be beat myself up over the fact that I didn't get the job and be sad about it? Or I'm gonna go, okay, what did I do wrong? How can I fix this? How can I be better again? Set the system up so you always win. Exactly. And it's not necessarily how can I be better at this same thing again next time, but how can I take what I've learned and what I did wrong and then change that and apply it to the next thing? Exactly what we've um we've done like with, with our workouts, what we talked about at the start, bringing mobility into being a major part. It's like we've looked back on all these years, we've, we haven't focused that much on mobility and now we're like, wow, we couldn't go without it almost. Yeah, exactly. You said it's like a paradox. The more, you, the more flexible you get, the more you start to realise how tight you are when you, when you do work out. Yeah, it's like opening your mind. The more open-minded you become, the more you realise how closed off other people are. Bro, I was thinking this the other day, right? Self-awareness, I believe, is like a superpower. Oh, oh my goodness. But uh, with great power comes great responsibility and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think it's, it's sort of a... Sometimes I almost wish I wasn't so self-aware. Yeah, exactly. Because I look at things and I'm like, holy crap, like, what's go- like I'm seeing these events in my life and it's sort of just like I'm getting this bird's eye view of all this chaos. And I'm like, I wish I was just a simpleton who could... Go do be something ignorant. for eight things and yeah, be ignorant to it all. But it's like I'm I'm not at the same time. I love being so self aware that I can see these things happening. It's and, and it's, make more valid It's a hard. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, it's like when like I meditate every day, right? And so I I have the power to I I give give myself put myself through the the mental toughness of going through uh, the mental workouts of going through the meditation practice because it's hey all the problems on the earth could be resolved if mankind could sit in a room for 20 minutes and be silent. <laughs> like, yeah. you imagine that, right? All the problems could be solved. All the, all the communication problems we have with each other could be solved if someone could just go and sit in a room for 20 minutes and do nothing and just be alone with their thoughts and just realise what's going on. Just so, huh? just, yeah, just, just calm down, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, back to this point about self-awareness. Like meditation has taught me to be so self-aware that at times I, I love it, and at times it's like, holy crap! I wish I was yeah, just ignorant again, because seeing, seeing all these things from a bird's eye view really just fucks me up sometimes. And realizing, like I said before, how I'm like how not self-aware other people are and how ignorant they are. It, it it's good because you don't get as frustrated or as angry well, you don't even get angry anymore it's, it's you just you're so self-aware and open you realise and understand why people act like they do so yeah. you can't get mad at them but at the same time you just sit there wishing that they would just realise yeah. like, why are you like this how come you can't just why does everyone else have to see it your way Yeah. why can't you just see it your way and be content with that and we can go our separate ways yeah it's crazy man it's crazy it and I got written down on this piece of paper, coffee challenge. And that was back to that point about asking is what's the coffee challenge? So I read in the Tools of Titans book, can't remember what page, but I believe it was by Noah Hagen or something like that. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. But 
get this book if you don't have it. Tools of Titans, it's amazing. Like most of, a lot of our conversations we've had recently on and off the podcast have been about this book. Um, Tim Ferriss is not paying me, by the way, so maybe one day he will. Who knows? Um, I'd still like to be on the show, Tim. Yeah, Tim, if you're here, if you listen to this, one day. So the coffee challenge is is like a, a way to teach yourself uh, entrepreneurial skills or business skills. So the next time you go and buy a coffee, ask, or even if you don't drink coffee, buy a tea, buy a water, buy anything. Just literally ask the person, can I get a 10% discount? Why? Well, because that's what business is about, right? That's, that's what life is about, is trying to improve what, I don't know, what you're investing in for what you're getting in return. Like, isn't that what we all want to do? It's like maximize our return on investments with everything we do. So if I go down the store and I buy something, I want to get the most out of it, right? And so that's like the coffee challenge is simply teaching yourself to just ask. So if you're going down to buy a coffee and you're like, just ask. Like I find myself, I've missed out on so many opportunities just because I haven't asked. Like remember the other day, like after yoga, there was that pretty girl and I'm just like, wow, she's cute. I wouldn't mind talking to her. And then all of a sudden just, she drove off. Yeah. Away, away that opportunity drove. Opportunity gone. Literally. So many things. You'll, be, you'll look back in 20 years, this is Mark Twain, and uh, you'll be more disappointed by the things you don't do than by the things you did do. That's how I look at everything now. But you're right. You, you need to ask. And I remember so many times throughout my life, especially growing up, I used to be a very shy, shy child. I remember I used to be so afraid and so shy that I would literally ask my mother or even my brother, depending on who I was with, to go and order food from, for me from any fast food restaurant because I was scared of talking to the, the cashier. Really? I was literally afraid of it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to handle it. And I would, I would just flatly refuse to ask. Wow. What about to, like, did you, what about talking to your parents? Did you ask them a lot of questions? Oh, yeah, I was, spoke to mum and dad. Like, I was mad and hurt when I was about that. But I, th- I think it was just people that I didn't know. Yeah. And obviously Cashier doesn't know them. I didn't know anyone. But it, it came back to me being shy and me being not confident enough to do that. And it, it took me a long time to realise that once you start projecting confidence, then people will want to talk to you anyway. Oh, yeah. And people will want to help you. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about your demeanor and how you deliver yourself. 100%. And I was, I was a why kid. I used to ask why like a hundred times. I still ask why, but I... I still, I try to do that now. I want to be more of a kid. Yeah, you know kids laugh an average of 300 times a day? Guess how much adults laugh average a day? Oh, fuck all. Guess. Well, at least once a day when I come here. <laughs> yeah, you come lose here, you shit, shit guaranteed. I door, guaranteed to lose my shit. <laughs> at least, at least once. Let's see, that's a, good, that's a good thing. I like that. I like providing that sort of environment. Well, not even me sometimes. I've got a funny family. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky, I'm lucky. Guess adults, just take a guess, wildly. Kids 300 times, adults, guess. Oh, I'm going to have a gander and say five. <laughs> yes, you're correct. Are you serious? Yeah, five. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, well, wow. <laughs> you're kidding me. Have I told you this before? No, you haven't. That wow. was literally just a wild guess. That was <laughs> unreal, right? So that's that's true. Adults average five times a day. I'm pretty laughing. sure we've averaged more than that in this entire conversation. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Maybe this day. I want to I wanna be a kid. I want to laugh 300 times a day. It all comes back down to playing. Like, spending more time playing. Like, we were just talking before we got on this podcast. Like, I like to spend maybe four to six hours working a day, max. 
and because I want to spend more time playing. Like if you and but don't get me wrong, when I'm working that four to six hours, that doesn't include going to the gym. That doesn't include doing this podcast. That doesn't include writing seven hundred fifty words per day. Right, that's just four to six hours of deep, concentrated work. Whether that be studying, learning computer science, which is what I'm doing now, designing a web application, which is also what I'm doing. That's phone turned off, four to six hour blocks. And that's literally all I can do because I find that anything after that four to six hour period, it's just mush. It's an overload. Yeah, it's, an overload. it's just Your absolute mush. Any more than that. So it's like when I, when I studied Lithuania. Yeah. I, as, as much as I love reading and studying it and... I want to get into it. I, I physically have to stop myself from learning because I know that the next day when I wake up, all the information I've just put in myself in into my brain, I'm not going to retain. Yeah. There's only some of it that I'm going to retain. So if I set down a set block and learn X amount in this time, or learn as much as I can in that time, I'm going to retain more information overall than I would if I studied for ten hours straight and then tried to remember all of that. Yeah. If I did, if I studied for ten days, one hour a day. I'm going to retain so much more information. And then you re- reflect as well exactly. on those. Think about how much more information outside of that block that is being thrown at me all day, every day. Oh, My yeah. brain is trying to filter through that, deal with it, process it. I mean, it, it just it's too much. It's an overload. Single, yeah, signal from the noise. And I know there's people like Elon Musk and whatnot like that work 100-hour days. But I'm I trying to bring my life back to it and Elon's a phenomenal guy I'm not like bludgering the 100 hour work week or whatever but I'm trying to bring my life into a point of sustainability like what can I do every day for the rest of my life kind of thing I know I can learn every day for the rest of my life I want to be able to do a workout every day for the rest of my life of some kind go for a walk Hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be absolutely bashing your body to the brink of exhaustion it's just getting up and moving. I know I can be creative for every day for the rest of my life. I guarantee you, if even if I had superpowers, like the willpower of Elon Musk or something like that, 100-hour work week cannot do until the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Cannot do. I can read four hours a day for the rest of my life. Oh, easy. Yeah. I could write for four hours yeah. every day for the rest of my life. It, like the other day when I was re- like rewriting in my journal, and I'm, I'm about two months behind in, in journal entries, which I'd really love to fill in. But I sat down and I, I wrote for about two and a half hours. And wow. Yeah. I, the time Just with your hand? Pen and yeah, pencil? Yeah. Pen, pen and, and paper. paper. And that was it. And it, it baffled me because of how fast time you went. You got into a flow state. Yeah. But it was also kind of, I wouldn't say annoying. Annoying is definitely the wrong word because I love doing it. But it was, it was strange to see how fast time passed and how much I was writing and I was just like I could I could continue doing this all day like there's so yeah. much that I could put down on this paper the states of flow exactly that's where all imagine if you could turn on that's what I had an episode a few days ago about flow I think it was day 23 maybe mm-hmm. uh, I do so many episodes now it's like I've got 30 almost so I was like I can't remember which one's which almost a full month yeah well I said yesterday was practically a full month because it's like Four day weeks, one yeah. shortest weeks. shortest month of the year but it's still it's the first day of the month to the last day of the month Four month. month. Yeah. That's Tomorrow will be your average month. But getting into the flow state, it's imagine being able to switch that on. Like you look at those like elite athletes, like Red Bull athletes and stuff like that. Like they just do some crazy things. And they finish up and they're like, How'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Like you look at these basketball players who can dunk on the court like when 
on demand. And then in training, it's they struggle to hit one. Yeah. Like, and it's it doesn't apply just to elite athletes. Like, I'm sure you've had a time where you've gone to the gym and you've just had the most pumped out session. You've you've beaten all your PBs and whatnot, but you don't know how you manage that. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you just you just do. You just get into some sort of flow state, and just everything just starts happening. It's crazy. It's even with, with work, even if you, you're at your job and you're just repetition, you, you get into a state of just loop, 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 loop. you just constantly go through the motions and you can just pump out what you're doing and you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah. So, Being in the now. Exactly. Not focused on the future. Being present. Not looking at the clock. Mm-hmm. I've started to like try to remove clocks from my life because I just like don't want the concept of time anymore. Because oh, if I'm on my own time, because it, it puts you under pressure. Yeah, like, I need to be here at this time. I need to do this. And we've this invented time. it. Time is is we've invented it as a human I species. Time time's always been there, but I think the measurement of time is what we created. Maybe yeah. Who knows? Because it was but like a second is... for for an hour to be an hour, it requires the entire human population to believe that that's an hour. Exactly. It's like currency. Yeah. Like currency has no value for money to but be worth. Because yeah. the world believes it does. Then yeah, of course it does. Exactly, we've all believed it has value, so we've given it value. Yeah, so I've like tried to remove clocks and like even alarms. Like, I if I go, I know if I go to bed early enough, I'll wake up early enough. Like I'm an early rise. I try to get up at least before six every day, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm, I'm also trying to dedicate enough time to sleep. So if I don't get six to eight hours minimum, like sometimes I need like nine hours if I've had like a big workout during oh, yeah. the day. I need my body to relax. So it's like, I don't even set alarms anymore. It's just like, I go to sleep early enough, I wake up early enough. Like, trying to remove all concepts of time. Where were we even before this? Flow. Um, flow, I think we were going, we were talking about laughing and happiness. Ha- sure, laughing, I'd, yeah. I'd like to touch back on the, the laughing thing because, what, adults laughing an average of five times per day. Not enough. Opposed, yeah, nowhere near enough as opposed to children. And I think we've spoken about this and how social media and things like that have desensitized people's ability to process humor because we'll just sit there in an endless feed scrolling scrolling we'll see something funny but how many times do you see something funny on facebook or instagram or whatever it is and how much do you genuinely laugh like your whole body yeah like involves I, itself in the laugh and generally it's more of i've a noticed this of, too <laughs> it's, it's just a a chuckle, and you slowly desensitize yourself to humor. And that's why people don't laugh. That's why people are so bland. I, I've noticed this too, Joey. I went, like, exactly what you're saying. I look at funny things on the internet and just overexpose myself to this... Like, funny things, I guess. I don't know how to, how to explain it. I can't really explain it. I'm like, I feel... I feel as if I'm a monkey drawing on dirt with a crayon right now. Like, that's as if I was... Coming out of a float tank, mm-hmm. we still I still need to do another one of those. But yeah, I feel like in some situations something will be funny, but I won't laugh because I've just been desensitized to it. It's the same with um, watching porn, oh. like watching porn, and then all of a sudden, like you go to have sex with your your significant other or something, and it's like this isn't as good as what I've seen on on the internet because you yeah. just become desensitized to it all. Exactly, it's, and it's so unreal. It's so creates a an idea an idealistic view of how it should be yeah. not how it really is yeah and then you would go in expecting something entirely different yeah and it's not what you get so 
you know, like, oh, this is not aroused to it. You know, yeah. you're not sensitive to what you should be. Yeah, sensitive laughing, to. sex, whatever. It's even happiness. Overstimulus. We're very overstimulized. And that comes back to the amount of information we get thrown us, like learning, like language, and that's why we only learn X amount per day, so we can retain the important information. Whereas all of the things that get thrown us on a day to day basis, we have to process and shift through the shit and essentially finding the signal get, from the noise. Does this need to go in the recycle bin, or can I save this for later? Is this important? What's going on? So it's crazy. It is crazy. I love exploring these topics, though. Yeah, they're very fun. They're very fun. So what are you going to do at home later this afternoon? Well, on the topic of, I'm going home, I'm going to eat, explore some delicious food, and then study some more Lithuanian. Continue my language learning. I've been a wee bit neglectful the past few days, but I did go to a music festival over the weekend. That was an experience and a half. How was that? Oh, absolutely 10 out of 10. Yeah? So... The music festival, if anyone's ever heard of it, is called Secret Garden. It's down in Sydney. Uh, I can't... Orangeville or something? I can't remember the exact location. Orangeville sounds like a cool name. Let's just but say Orangeville. It's in the middle of a forest. Yeah. And it is... It's a it's a dress-up festival. So the first theme was Royal Rave for the first night. Royal Rave? Royal Rave. Yeah. So I didn't really understand what I could go as. And at the time, I was thinking something to do with watermelons. Because I've got a pair of watermelon budgie smugglers. They are incredible. And me and my girlfriend decided Watermelon King. Now, wasn't quite sure how this was going to work out, but I managed, I've got a red pair of uh, Nike shoes. I put them on. I got a pair of Rabbitohs socks, Sydney, South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, green and red, and my budgie smugglers. I had a red cape, and my girlfriend literally carved a crown out of a whole watermelon for me to wear on my head the entire time. That is phenomenal. And did the watermelon keep you cool? It did. Yeah. But it was it was a little bit cold down there, given it was in the middle of like a farm. Yeah. So, but it, I had so many people asking me like, "Is that an actual watermelon on your head?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is." And it was. And it's a crown. Oh, it was <laughs> so much fun. It was so much fun. And so, thirty seven year old Joey, if you're listening to this, or however twenty years, what? How old would we be in twenty years? Forty four. Whoa. Yes, my, 40, my birthday is in seven days. Forty four year old Joey, if you're listening to this, just remember. The weekend of February 26, 2017, or whatever day it was, was you were a watermelon king, and you had a crown on your head, made of of watermelon, that your girlfriend Amelia carved for you, so smile about that, because that sounds like an epic story. It was the greatest. Uh, I felt like a bit of a dickhead, but as soon as I realised all the costumes and who cares what other people think? Exactly, it kind of got to that point, and I looked around. You knew you were having a good time. And this comes back to being unique. I looked at everyone's costumes, and everyone had the funniest costumes, and it was so good. And there were people there who had gone there and put no effort in to looking looking silly, just being being fun. And they literally showed up in like a plain t-shirt, shorts, shoes, and they'd gone to the expense of maybe going to Kmart at a, a kid's costume and finding a toy plastic crown. And they'd pop that on their head. Now they're and, the odd one out. Yes. And it was ridiculous because you looked at those kind of people and you're just like, you look so out of place in this out of place forest that you just don't belong. I love going above and beyond for costume it parties. Was, it was amazing. I love Not going above and beyond. Yeah. So um, my girlfriend Amelia, she hula hoops, I think I brought that up in the last last show. And because hoops. She, yes, because she was a performer at this festival, we got free tickets. 
and I got given a VIP artist wristband. So I was literally allowed anywhere in the festival. I could go backstage. I could go out to the the workers' place. I could go out to the artist. That is awesome. We camped in the artist VIP. Yeah. So we had. Um, I didn't get to see them unfortunately, but I, I wish I would have. Uh, Earthboy was there. The Jezebels, Setmo. There was a few people, a few famous people there. Um, I didn't get. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of them. I wish I did, but. It was, it was definitely an experience, and I just walked backstage. I got to hang out with some of the artists. It was, it was pretty cool. That is amazing. And the second day was Anything Goes. So Like that's the costume thing? That was the costume for Anything Goes. And <laughs> I think the second day was just so much better. There was actually a wedding there. Some guy got married, and I met the guy. Married? That, I met the guy that got married there. He lost, wow. his, he lost his wife. Well... He Good start. He spent half the half the second day at this festival looking for his wife because he couldn't find her, and it was so funny. Because well, there was what a, a story! There was a marching band going through at one stage, and there was a lot of us going. It was a good maybe 50 metres long, this marching band. It 50 metres? Yes, it was huge. Wow. And there were people following, joining in. And what a was, story. Yeah, there was this old guy who was a, a wood wizard. And wood wizard? Yeah, his costume was this big wooden stick yeah. with an orb on the end of it. He had this big dreadlocked white wig on. Yeah. A big white bushy beard. Like Gander. Beard. Yeah. Big white bushy beard. His big old robes on. And he had this wood panelling all over him that looked like a tree. And I looked at it and I'm like, that's a really smart costume. I wonder how you did that. And he looked at me and he's like, you want to know what the secret is? And I'm just like, what? And he's just like, vinyl floor panelling. <laughs> he literally cut up a floor into the, into the shape of wood and stuck it on him. And it was just phenomenal. The whole, every costume was just incredible. Oh, yes. So Vinyl so floor panelling. It was so good. Like, that's, yeah, you can get almost smart. any pattern you want. Some of the costumes were very, very smart. And just, I love costume parties. You oh. saw that Alan from The Hangover. Oh, I did, I did. I saw Alan from The Hangover. He had a little, little Carlos in a baby pouch in front of him. And I'm pretty sure the baby was getting more attention than he was. But it was Of course. It was just, oh, so Everyone much loves fun. babies. So much fun. It was. I'm definitely going back next year. So, it wasn't a big festival, but it was worth worth going to. Yeah. So yeah. That is awesome, my friend. But that's why I've been neglecting a bit of my Lithuanian study. Admittedly, it was down in Sydney. I didn't have my textbooks. I didn't have my laptop, so I, I couldn't really study um, that far away. Your girlfriend speaks so, it, so she could. She does. Up. She does speak it. So I mean, I've asked her to talk to me a little bit more in Lithuanian. So I'm hopefully going to pick it up. Yeah. Faster. But. Can you say, I know, uh, I know I'm gonna get there. Hi, my name is Joe. Uh, yes. Manovardas Joe. Epic. My name is Joe. That is awesome. Yeah. And, um, I met her parents. I'm, I'm slowly getting there, constructing little sentences here and there. Let's see what my Japanese is like. Watashi no namai wa dan, dan, dan. That's it. Dan das. Mm. I have to admit, learning new languages is so much fun. They're just the pronunciation of different words. And a big, thing I, a big thing I learned about language is how people use their mouths to speak. Like, Lithuanian is very phonetic, and I suppose they, they kind of open their mouth a little bit more in the way they talk. Like, French, I noticed French, you use a lot of the front of your mouth to talk. Mm. Australian is very throaty and um, jaw-orientated. Yeah. Americans are a little bit front of the mouth as well, I think, um, and a bit more jawy. It's just weird to find out how people have developed different ways of communicating yeah. all over the world. So it's, I find it very interesting. That, not so much as learning the language, but it's an interesting aspect of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I 
I find it amazing that we've got so many different types of languages, yet we've all managed to communicate with each other. Like, imagine the first people who who translated from one language to another. Or How do you work that out? Like, if I thought, two people standing there looking at a fruit arguing over what it's called. Yeah, exactly. Apple. No, it's called... What's an apple in... Ringo. Ringo. There yeah, you know. in Japanese, yeah. Ringo. Yeah. Apple. Ringo. Apple. Ringo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they just click. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just keep pointing and and saying. Sad. We got one of my dogs uh, scratching on the door. Wants to be let in. So, what do you reckon? Wrap this one up. I, I think we should. I'm not sure how long we've been talking. I probably get the feeling it's another hour long episode, but I'm quite happy with that. It makes me. Let's see if we can find out yeah, where we are. Happy to talk this long. Oh, just over an hour. Just hour and five hour. minutes. Well, enjoy this podcast, everybody. I hope it's. Thank you so much if you are listening. Uh, hopefully, Joey and I have don't didn't really have a point to this podcast. It's just uh, hashing out a few few thoughts, philosophizing, and talking some issues and whatever's going on in our life. I mean, what else is there? I hope it's I hope it's broadened people's perspectives a little bit. Like I yeah. said, it's it's opened the mind of some people. More. That's the takeaway. Yeah. Not being so closed-minded, being open to other people's views and opinions. Even if you don't agree with them, you don't have to agree with people. But accepting what they believe yeah. and just leaving it. And I think, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but I have a quote on my wall that I read every morning. And it's a, it's regarding tolerance. And I think this is a, a big one for me as to why I'm more open-minded than I will admit some people are. And I'm not afraid to admit that because I know I am. And it's says tolerance and it says to have someone respect your opinion it is first necessary to respect theirs and through such tolerance comes true understanding I like that I like that there's one that I I heard today on a podcast it was you have a choice of being right or nice be nice <laughs> yep I've heard that one too actually Jake's throwing that one at me whenever he's had arguments with his with his dad he, he, one of the first things he ever told me is simple yeah he's like you can either be right or you can be happy. Yeah. And every time he, it doesn't matter how wrong he is or how right he actually is, he just essentially says, you can be right or you can be happy and I'm going to be happy and he just walks away. I love it. I love it. We've got to get Jakey on the show one time. We'll we get do. us three. He'd have, a, he'd have a lot to say, I reckon. Us really three. Really us, really maybe an hour is not long enough. But... We'll have to have a special episode. I reckon when we hit the 50 mark, I reckon that'll be a good one to have. Halfway done... Imagine the hundred mark. Special edition. What do we have to do for the hundred one? Oh, I reckon we'd have to get everyone yeah, around. Get everyone in. Just have a big podcast orgy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would that even work? Rich. It you'd would be just absolute chaos. Rich, so you'd have to be. You're holding. If we had ten of our friends for. trying to talk at one time, it would be chaos. Oh well, we'll work it out. Sure it's my show. Know. We can do what we want. Exactly. It. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully, we brought some value. You can uh, choose to be right or you can choose to be happy. Remember, tolerance. you got to respect someone else's point of view before they can respect yours. So, if you want something, just ask. And remember, what did Jobsy say? I've never met someone who hasn't helped me when I asked for it. So, if you ask want some help, help ask for it. But, if you've learnt something new, I'd love for you to share it. Maybe if you've learnt something on this podcast, you'd share it as well. But anyway, whatever you're doing, have an awesome day, and I'll catch you tomorrow.